You don't want to miss today's podcast, More Faith, More Life, where you're going to learn how to save your child's mind, understanding what parents should do and what they shouldn't do. Don't miss it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of More Faith, More Life. I have a special guest with me again that we've had before. My wife, Kathy Gray, is with us. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. And uh, we're going to talk today about how to save your child's mind or how to just some hints about raising children, what to do, what not to do. Now, the subject is just, uh, Kathy, the subject is too huge mm-hmm. in the next po- in one podcast to learn everything you need to know about how to save your child's mind. But we're going to go over a few things that most people I found don't think of or make mistakes. Now, what I'd like you to do is you're listening. I'm not going to just teach you or tell you, and we're not going to teach you and tell you. Now, Kathy has not read this list that I have, so she's going to be hearing it just like you're going to be hearing it. And what we're going to do is we're going to start out, I'm going to read a statement, and then you can do it at home or wherever you are in the car or whatever. And Kathy, you can do it too. You can say agree or disagree. All right? Right. And if you disagree, you can tell me why you disagree. If you agree, then you can tell me why you agree. And then I can comment too, and then we'll go to another question as long as we have time. Okay, how to save your child's mind. Everybody ready listening to think, do you agree with this statement? You owe your children your love. You don't owe them your trust. You owe your children your love. You don't owe them your trust. Now, there's a reason I did that. It's it's a question on purpose because of so many mistakes parents make. But anyway, you owe your children your love. You don't own them your trust. You at home, what do you do? Agree, disagree. What do you think, Kathy? Agree, disagree. uh, You don't owe them your trust. You owe them your love, but you shouldn't trust your kids. (laughs) Well, Well, there you go. She totally agrees. Did I say it right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, obviously, the obvious answer is, of course, we owe them our love, and we talk a lot about unconditional love and loving our kids, and they need to know they're loved. And by the way, Kathy, when we talk about loving, it's not good enough just to say, I love you. Love shows, as you know, we've talked many times on it, love shows value. So you have to do something that shows they're valuable, and usually, um, to show value, you have to give them time and attention. You mean you don't have to give them the latest tennis shoes or money right. to go out and run around with their friends? I'm sure they'd feel blessed, but that does not make children feel loved. Even poor children in countries where I've been where they have nothing, absolutely nothing, right. which I wrote in a book recently about when I was in the Philippines and there were kids playing, they, had, they were in their underwear, you know, they were three years old, five years old, and the parents were homeless in a cart, you know, and the kids were happy as can be, all they, and they were playing in the dump. I mean, not a small dump, a city dump, huge, laughing, having a good time. And they were such a happy family, you know, so happy uh, to, you know, with so little. And so that's not going to do it. So you need to give them time and attention. Basically be, well, you do it all the time, like with our grandson. What do you do to show him without giving him a gift? You haven't given him a gift or anything Mm -hmm. to show them that he's valuable. Well, I set aside time with them every time I'm over at their house. I set aside time with him alone. We look at each other right in the eyes and I give him my full attention and I affirm him and I tell him good things about himself and plant hope that he can do anything and just listen to him. He plays the keyboard sometime and I'll say, I love that chord you just played. So I try to affirm and give him something of me in some area that he's interested in 
Now this music. Is a, and this is a 13-year-old, so he's obviously yeah. entering the teen years, but it's really yeah. working um, and giving it yeah. time. And that's the problem. People feel like they two things they don't have. They don't have time and energy to give attention to other people. But those are the two areas you have to set aside even a short amount of time or just be interested in, in what they're yeah, doing. I think just your full attention, even just looking a kid in the eyes, getting yeah. down to their level. Yeah, it, works it doesn't well. have to be a long period of time. Well, anyway, that's not really the question on this, though. You owe, if we agree, we owe them our love, and now we've yeah. defined love equals value, not just I love you. But you don't owe them your trust. And this is where so many parents, I think, go wrong. They feel like they owe their they owe trust. And so they give it to them, thinking, well, i got to give them my love, and I must show them that I trust them. And it it doesn't work because... Uh, your your children are not there to be trusted. They're there to be trained. And so you need to train your children. Well, untrained, untrained anybody, untrained people yeah. can't be trusted, not because they're bad, but exactly. because they don't know. Right. And so they will make mistakes thinking they're trusted and they're, you're going to, and then they'll make mistakes. And then, then you're, you're upset that they made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Now they feel like what? They've lost your trust. But if you don't give it to them, they can't lose it. I'm here to train you. I don't have to give you my trust because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn and we're going to train this together. And so it's a big, big mistake. Parents do it all the time, especially with teenagers mm-hmm. and uh, being in the church world. It's yeah. the, probably one of the biggest mistakes uh, Christian parents do. They say, I brought them to church. You know, and uh, they go to church, they seem to be okay, they're doing what the church, you know, they're looking good in church or whatever, go to youth group, and so I'm going to trust them. And you can't, they're not trained, and they won't be trained for a long time. So your job is to train them, you don't have to trust them, and it's okay to say no. I'm not here to give you my trust, I'm here to give you my training. They'll understand, and isn't it so clean? Doesn't it feel so good? Yeah, and you know, in the long run, they'll be talking that same way to their children, because they learn that it makes them feel safe. Yeah. Safe. And we've seen that with our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, right? And great-grandkids. Okay, so anyway, enough on that one. There's so much more we can talk about, we need to cover more. Okay. Uh, This one's easy probably, but I don't know if everybody agrees with this. Uh, If you pay for their phone, it is yours, not theirs. Agree or disagree, the whole world. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. So you agree. (laughs) I agree. And what about that? Yeah. You you can't. Anything that you give them, they're living under your care, your provision, and under your attitudes about life. Well, then anything that you provide for them, they need to understand you are the provider, you are the source, and they need that. That's a good motivator, actually. I think you've used it on our, our daughter. Own kids. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it works, you know. Oh, uh, losing their phone <laughs> is probably the number one thing oh. they don't want to happen. And it takes their whole world away because they built the whole world around it. But they have yeah. to know, in my opinion, they have to know ahead of time that is a consequence. Yeah. So here's the deal. Here's our, we're in agreement. This is what it's going to be. These are the boundaries or these are the perimeters that we set for your safety, not because we're bad parents, mm-hmm. but for your safety, this is what I feel comfortable with. And I want you to feel comfortable with it. Do you agree? And they agree and all that stuff. And then when they don't do it, you have to let them know ahead. Of them. But if you breach this boundary or you mm-hmm. breach the, the parameters of our agreement or you break the agreement, then I'm going to take your phone. 
and parents feel like they can't because the phone belongs to them, and they're even afraid to look what's on the phone. I mean, that's oh very my. common. Like it's private. Uh. Like you're reading their diary or something, and you can't, oh, I can't, that's their diary. But you must look at their phone. Uh, There are programs that can help you do that and help you keep track of everything they do. Because if you pay for it, it's yours. And they need to know, this is my phone. I'm letting you use it. And I can look at it anytime I want to. And I can do whatever I want with it, include it, take it away for whatever length of time. Now, listen, we're not saying these things to you to be popular. We're not here to be, you're not here to be their buddy, right? You're here to train them, and they need to know the parameters. You'll you'll they'll get frustrated, and if you if they don't know, like you, you take the phone away, and they didn't know you were going to take the phone away, but now you can say, look, yeah. and you don't even have to get emotional. You know, I tell I tell leaders and parents, anybody in leadership, uh, anyone with authority never has to lose their temper. Never has if, to yell. Never has to yell. If you have to yell and scream then you're, you don't feel like you have the authority. And they say, they don't have any authority. They're yelling and they're trying to boot, you know, move me by yelling and screaming. So people of authority, stay calm. If you're, you're a parent in authority, stay calm. Let them know the parameters and let them know the consequences ahead of time and, and that I can take your phone anytime I want. Now that's the worst thing that can happen to them. So it's the best thing that you can do for yeah. them is to let them know I own this phone. And uh, it's to protect them. And, and by the way, you need to keep track of what they're... <laughs> back to the trust one. Yeah. Don't believe a word they say no. about what they do their phones. That's right. Don't it's, trust them on that. It's just no, it's it's too dangerous. Too, There's too many temptations. Yeah. And, and their buddies send them new apps or whatever other secret things. And uh, you just, you can't trust your kids. You can't you trust, you cannot trust, trust them kids. on the phone. It's too powerful. That's right. And it's too powerful for, for adults. How mm-hmm. can, and, and how can it not be too powerful for them? And so you have to let them know that this is not, uh, we're not making a trust deal by giving you the phone. I can look at it anytime. So anyway, you want to save their minds so they don't get dysfunctional. Uh, today we've got depressed, dysfunctional, um, discouraged. You know, the list just goes on and yeah. on. Kids on medication. Uh, they they have some schools have special rooms for kids to go and throw a tantrum. You know they used to have time out. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know we were both in the in the public school system before we went into the full time ministry. Yeah, as teachers, and, and it wasn't like that then. It no, was, it was not better. Like that then, you could still uh, train and discipline your your kids, but boy, it's it's really changed, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, and parents are afraid. They're afraid. afraid. I can't take the phone away. I got to let them know they're trusted, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, let's go to another one now. Number three, uh, agree or disagree. You, meaning the parent, you are not a democracy. You are a theocracy. Okay, now we have to define it because it's, don't worry if you don't know what a theocracy is. A lot of people don't. You do, but you don't. You know what it is. What a theocracy basically is God's rules. It's God rules, Theo God rules. And uh, so, but God rules through the parent. And so God's ruling through you. So now the last thing you want to do is break God's pattern and make your home a democracy. Wow. Good. And we know, yeah, and a democracy, yeah. you know, how well, you, did, yeah. you agreed with Everybody that, didn't you? Votes. Did I ask if you agreed? Or did no, I just you keep didn't talking? ask me, but okay. I was hoping my face showed it. Yeah. So you agree with that. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. And a democracy, of course, everybody has a vote, everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion, mm-hmm. and everybody is equal level, 
All right? So if one person goes into the voting booth and then another person goes into the voting booth, the person that went first is not, can't be less than the person that went in second. Everybody goes in equal, getting to do equal time, equal vote, equal uh, decision-making. And so the mistake is if I say a democracy, then a lot of parents say, well, we don't vote. I don't let my kids vote. We don't vote on things. Yeah, but you've established a democracy because everybody's got an equal. Everybody's equal. And the parents aren't above. The parents don't have authority. The parents don't make the decisions. And so, and so you lose it. So it needs to be like God does. Now, you're not going to be God. Right. But God rules in a theocracy, and he doesn't ask your opinion. He, 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 okay, he might ask your opinion in rare cases. That is rare. He's going to tell you through, his, through the Word of God, the Bible, through your unction of the Holy Spirit, he's going to tell you what he wants. He's going to let you know the best choice and what he needs to do. Now, you may not listen, and your kids may not listen either, but you need to be like a theocracy. You're not God, but you need to set up a government of the home like a theocracy, okay? You're the head, parents are the head, parents make the decisions. You can include them as much as you want to, and sometimes it is good uh, to include them. I think um, t in today's yeah. world, it's difficult for me to make a decision on this yeah. so they can agree or disagree, but I sometimes I feel like when parents are going through a struggling time, maybe financially, in marriage, relationship, or whatever, Sometimes I feel like they should share some of that with the kids because kids can then think, you know, there's nothing, nothing to life. It's just everything's provided. There's no hardships. My parents don't, aren't challenged or, or sacrificing to make this happen. On the other hand, though, I have a strong feeling that they should get to be kids. And do they really need to know that money is tight and it's hard and we're barely making it? So it's up to the parents. I think sometimes it's up to the situation. Uh, I like it. I'd like it. I'd like kids to be kids and not have right. to know all the hardships of adulthood. Uh, however, you, depending on the child and the circumstance, sometimes I think to include that we are we are challenged right now. You know, as parents, we're we're challenged. We're going to make it. Don't be afraid. Right. Those kinds of things. But that yeah. maybe let them know that we're in a situation that's challenging to us. And you know, us. if you remember, you're a theocracy. Then you let them know we are in a situation right now. We're in a situation. It's challenging, but God is our source. We got a great heavenly Father, and your dad and I. We're, we're praying and we believe in God and God says he will always take care of us. And yeah. if you put that in and balance it right. out with them knowing some of the need, it builds it, it's a lot their yeah. confidence. Yeah, it's a life lesson it's then a life and it's a faith lesson. lesson. Yeah. So, you life know, it depends on what your skill is, your skill level as yeah. a parent and whether, whether if you present it in an emotional, fearful way, yeah. then that's not letting them be the child. But if you can... Right provide in a faithful way. Okay, how about another one? Okay. Okay. You agree with this. You are a servant family. There is no bill of rights. I agree. Yeah. So how does that work if you're a servant family? And particularly in our family, you can describe maybe how we presented. We're in the ministry, so our kids are all ministry-minded. They're all, all even grandkids are all, you know, all their parents are in the ministry in our family. So we're a servant family, yeah. but how did we get that across? What attitudes did we have when there were choices that they, other choices that other kids were making, mm -hmm. but we're a servant family. Yeah. How did we make, how did we put that across to them? 
Well, I think by example, you are, you are a great servant. You wake up every day saying, how can I serve you, Lord? And who can I help today? And that's just who you are. And you don't go by a set of rules. I'm going to serve someone today and reach out. But your life example sets it that, that you know how to serve, lay down your life, reach out, you're always, you always want to uh, find the way to help someone. You always work hard. And to me, yeah. that is being a servant. Yeah. And with all our kids, they, uh, by watching that, they would realize how many times, even now in their own lives, when they had something else planned yeah. and somebody needs help, uh-huh. somebody needs a phone call. And it's just, you know, another phone call. You just got off the phone. Yeah. But somebody needs a phone call. And I watch them as they get that and, they, I watch them say, well, you know, we were going to go out to eat or we were going to leave. Everybody's waiting. You know what? I need to call this person. Mm-hmm. They're in need. And we all go, yeah, that's who we are. We're yeah. servants. And so yeah. we understand that you need to do this. We'd, we wish you didn't because we're ready to go eat. But we understand and we, we give way. We give way. Yeah. And so many people, they live mm-hmm. like as a, as a Christian or a servant family, they're not a servant family. They live as though there's a bill of rights. Wow. And you'll, you'll feel that when they say, well, I have, I have a right. You know, I have my rights. I have my right to my space. I have my right to my time. Uh, you don't have rights to me. I'm, I get to go to my room and shut out the world or slam the door and say, you know, I hate you. Or think, what? You don't have those rights. Because then, mm-hmm. see, everyone that comes in the kingdom of God comes in as a servant. And it is amazing, uh, dealing with Christians as many as we have for so many years, how offended they get. And yet, if you ask them if they're a servant, say, yes, I'm a servant. I know I'm called to be a servant. I just want to serve. And then, it, But if you're a servant, servants don't get offended. Servants just do what needs to be done. Yes. And here they're angry and offended. Yeah. They didn't get the attention they were supposed to get or whatever. And so if you build a serving family, yeah. then you don't have a wife or a child or a husband. If you're like, well, I have a right. You should be treating me better. You don't treat me the way I should be treated. Mm-hmm. But if you're a servant, you just don't think like yeah. that. You think like, I'm here to treat, to serve, to do, yeah. to be. And that's what makes us happy. Serving makes people yeah. happy. And to go help people, you know, take your family and go help them rake the leaves in someone's yard. Or, you know, you all get together and you all babysit some uh, young couple's kids. And those people need a break. And so your whole family says, Bring your babies over here yeah. for a couple of hours. You know, doing some practical things can yeah. really help the kids, and, and it gets in their blood. Teaching kids to be servants, yeah. as each one of these yeah. we've mentioned, yeah. will save their mind. Yes. Because if they think they have a bill of rights, they're mm-hmm. going to be frustrated, angry. They're going to feel like they've been done wrong. I'm not treated right. Nobody understands me. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on and on. But if you raise a servant family, not just the kid to serve, but raise, raise a, a servant family. You know, Kathy, I was, um, <laughs> I heard on the radio, uh, uh, the guy was talking and he was talking about his house and uh, he must, it's, he probably has one kid, two kid, you know, so he's what, 35 or something. And he was talking about his house. He says, yes, yeah, sometimes uh, at night, he said, I just have to l- get away from my family and go to my man cave. Uh-oh. And I thought about that, and that's great. You know how it was. You know how it was for me growing up. You, you know, my dad didn't have a man cave. He had the whole house. The whole house yeah. was his, right? Yeah. The whole house was his. And Why? before remote controls, you had children for one reason 
They sat and watched what dad wanted or mom, what the parents wanted to watch. And what did you do? You got up to change the channel when they asked you to. Would you change the channel for me? Because dad didn't, dad, my dad particularly, just in that case, didn't want to get up. And we had four kids, so the younger ones had to get up. And, you know, but he, he yeah. owned, his, his man cave was the whole house. Yeah. We watched what he said. Yeah. And if he wanted, and you know, he may have us watch something we all like. Well, you know, gun smoke. I came <laughs> to love gun smoke. <laughs> Nobody's going to know what that means. Hey, that somebody. Means, that's old smoke. Old smoke. But, yeah, but that's, that was a show parents liked. That's right. Dad's or, especially. And Bonanza. Bonanza. Another, but we were real little then. We were tiny when that came on, but it went on for a lot of years. But, you know, I thought about yeah, that, how, how. Even that dad was saying, I have to get away from everything to be a man. I have to have a man cave. And uh, so my man cave is my whole house, right? And growing up, it was the whole house. But you know what? I got to say this about you. And everybody needs to get this. You are not a caveman. (laughs) Right. You, you, You know, and you don't need a man cave because you're not a caveman. Because you don't make all the rest of us feel like we're, you know, your your servants or slaves, but in that manliness of the atmosphere that you create, Steve, it gives us all peace and joy, and it's not the kids are cowering, going, oh no, we, yeah. you know, and of course, dad's, dad's upset, or he had a long, hard day. I've never been that way. But it's a kind and happy atmosphere that you create, you it is you rare. Non-caveman. It you. is. It is rare to see me upset. <laughs> yeah. And yet I have plenty of things like yeah. everybody in life. But it's also rare mm-hmm. that I would want. I would make any of kids or you or anybody yeah. family watch a television show I wanted to watch because I don't care. That's right. I just want to be with them. And exactly. So if they want to watch yeah. something, what do I care? I, um, my joy is being with them, not yeah. doing what I want to do. That's right. Okay, let's try to get one more in before All we right. run out of time. Okay, this is a hard one, so we might have to move quick on it because it is hard. Okay. They, children, they are guilty until proven innocent. That's a hard one. I don't know what you want to do, folks. You want to agree, disagree? You want to... Yeah, speechless. Everyone in the world is innocent until proven guilty, including children. Okay, good point. So she disagrees with the statement. However, if I take it a little farther along you can realize what happens is mm-hmm. parents give the blanket of innocence and they begin to all always protect them from anything and so uh, and yeah. and so oh. they don't let the facts because it yeah. says innocent yeah. until proven guilty what do facts do facts tell you proven guilty and they don't look at the facts yeah. and that that hurts the child's uh, mind because mm-hmm. that it just you know a guilty child that is not ever allowed to be guilty. Mm-hmm. Now, do you see what I'm saying? Is allowed to be guilty. Children make mistakes. Yeah. They need to know they can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They need to know. I think I told you this yesterday. They need to know when they've crossed the line into rebellion or defiance, standing up against you as a parent. Mm-hmm. That can't be. That's That should be punished. But not all mistakes should be punished. And right. so... They, they have this ability to, to, to make a mistake, but make sure you get the facts. Every kid says, I didn't do it. Every kid does it. They're all going to say, I didn't do it. So get the facts. Go talk to the teachers. Talk to the school. Talk to whatever. Because a lot of times they did, and you, they need to know it's going to be okay if you did. Because I'm going to work on it with you. We're going to get through this if you did. But we're not going to cover it up and blame. Otherwise, you have a victim in your house the rest of their lives they're always going to blame somebody else because it's never their 
fault. So make sure you get the facts yes. and let them know it's okay. We can look at the facts and it's going to be okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Oh, that's so good, Steve. Well, there's so much more we could say, yeah. but we're trying to save yeah. their mind. And I want to talk about this book. Uh, I'm going to hold can up. Can I say one more thing about, about all these principles you're bringing just real quick? Mm. Okay. With all of the principles that you are bringing and that you've taught in our church for so many years, you taught parents these principles, and you you and I lived them in our home. Right. And sometimes people get confused, and they take these principles, and then it's like, hammer the kid and the wife over the head, over the head, and be rough and tough, and, and they don't bear the fruit of the Spirit and the love of God in their home, but they say, Pastor Steve says, or the right. Bible says, I'm not going to trust you. And of course, their kids leave. Yeah. Of course, their kids turn against God. But so people, you have got to bring the Lord Jesus in and you must exert that theocracy of God, that love, that compassion, the training, the structure. You've got to do that. And then you'll have kids whose minds are saved. Yeah, you got to have the yeah, character. you got to have some minds. character. Yeah. And like I said, if you have authority, okay. you don't need to lose your temper Amen. and scream. You just set the boundaries that. Let's do this quickly. If you yeah. only knew, look at it. There's the cover. If you go to morefaithmoreliferightnow.com or anytime, you can download it free. It's, a, it's an e-book. It's going to be a hardcover book. It's only five chapters. Five chapters. I did it so you could read it fast. And the first line you're going to read is America is sick. And I want you to understand it's time to combine the political uh, with with the spiritual. And you're going to you need this book and what, what's happening in the world today. So please get it. It's absolutely free. All right. All right. So we had a great time today. Time. Till next time. Bye bye.